SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Take out Trout's best years, and they pale in comparison to Albert Pujols' average years. He is the best hitter, right-handed, that I've ever seen outside of my guy, Manny Ramirez. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Wednesday, August 26th. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, toll free, 844-843-6879. If you want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, oppositepicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, little YouTube chat as well right here on a Bagels and Mad Beats on a Wednesday, August 26th. Well, that's a no-no. Clippers cut up the Mavs. River runs through it. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, here's a rap song you definitely won't like. You can't spell defense without the G and the A. Well, okay, you can, but you know what I mean. Uh, well, that's a little weird. Keywords looking to Francona and Mr. Vegas side by side. Another example on how you can't beat the boys in Vegas. And uh, that's a relief. We'll get to all those stories. Again, plus your phone calls, emails, tweets, the YouTube chat as well right here. Bagels and Mad Beats on a Wednesday, August 26th. Uh, not productive really as far as controversy goes in the NBA and NHL on the field and ice. But of course, uh, this is 2020. And unfortunately, we got to delve for some stuff off the field with what's going on up in Wisconsin and what may not be going on down in Orlando as teams are talking about maybe not playing basketball. At least one is. Uh, but the social unrest is certainly a topic inside the locker room. We'll delve into it a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I just don't want to get bogged down into the nuts and bolts of an argument that you're just not going to win. The left is never going to go to the right. The right's never going to go to the left. And unfortunately, uh, most of America sits right there in the middle, suffering both ends of the equation. So, But uh, we'll get into the NBA stuff as a series of, uh, went to the one side, both now three and two. And then hockey, both series are now one and one. So, all coming up, Vegas and Bad Beats on a Wednesday morning with this series. Got ready. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Getting a couple turnovers early. If you're just joining us once again, as George on the take, takes off Boban and scores the layup. But the tough road to get there is what we're all chatting about. 
Well, look at all these tough first-round matchups in the Western Conference. I interrupt this report to tell you that Paul George is radioactive. Landry Shamet will find George. Feels like George is trying to put together a monster game right now, and all arrows pointing toward PG-13. His second playoff series. Hadn't scored a point in the playoffs until this year. George fouled by Boban. TNT with the call. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Wednesday morning. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, 13 minutes past the hour. Again, toll free, 844-843-6879. We'll open up phones here in a little bit, 844-843-6879. As the Clippers do annihilate the uh, Dallas Mavs, 154-111 to take a 3-2 series lead. Uh, Denver last uh, yesterday afternoon slash last night, the early game, 630 Eastern time, uh, beat Utah 117-106. Seven, so they even at or check that they uh, stay alive. Uh, and that series is three two as well. Jamal Murray forty two points. Both get you know the Denver Utah game was was pretty good. Uh, you know ten point difference in the end, but in reality that was a pretty close game. And Denver was trailing a good portion of the way, and Murray went off in the fourth quarter. Well, he is terrific. You know some of these guys are just absolutely phenomenal when they put their minds to it. And he was last night. I've seen guys score more than forty two points in games, but. The impact he had of him shooting and shooting and scoring. And man, did he miss it all in the fourth quarter? Just remarkable. George came alive uh, really for the first time since game one of the series. He goes for 35. This one was over from the outset. Again, it's amazing. These late games are not doing the NBA any justice. They really are not. Most of these things have been blowouts. I've tried to stay awake and I've set my schedule where I can watch these late games, whether it's the Clippers, whether it's uh, you know the, the Lakers, the Portland series, which has been an absolute dud after game number one. but. Most of them have been just blowouts. And even in the Clipper-Dallas series, a lot of those were blowouts, but then they had rallies late in the fourth quarter where, you know, if you went to bed after three quarters, you thought the game was over and went, you know, and then the things turned. So last night, 154-111. It was 41-22 after the first quarter. Game over. Dallas wasn't there. You know, my thinking on that, I played a little hunch last night, which I'll never do again. Um, play the under in the game because it was a monster total, you know, 235 points. And I figured, you know, 120 to 110 still goes under. I just had a sense that Dallas was going to lay an egg, or at least one of these two teams was going to lay an egg. The, you know, the games one through four were so intense and high in, in, in fourth quarter. I figured one was going to be a blowout, but I figured that would lead to a lower scoring game. But in 2020, you know, forget about that hunch. You, you got to go over. There's been a rash of overs in the NBA, 11-3 and three over the last four or five days. Last 14 games, 11-3 and three over. And then you throw in favorites uh, over the last five days or so are 12-6 and six against the spread. So something tells me your local Louis the Lip or boys in Vegas, uh, they're, they're getting run over over these last week or so because people generally bet favorites, they generally bet overs, and that combination has come in quite a bit. Hockey last night, Tampa Bay beat Boston 4-3 in overtime. They even that series had a game of peace. You know, Brad Marchand, uh, they were talking about how the Bruins are 28-2 and uh, when he scores in the postseason, which is really remarkable. I, I, that, you know, sometimes you hear stats and you're like, that, is that possible? First of all, he, he's had 30 games in which Boston has scored. I don't know if they meant like assists and everything, but actual score goals. 
So they did throw in the caveat, though, but one of the games was against, uh, you know, Carolina last series. So really it was 28-1. Of course, now it's 28-3 because he scored twice last night and the Bruins still lost. So, so much for that great stat. But Tampa Bay beat Boston 4-3. They even that series had a game apiece. And Vancouver took care of Vegas 5-2. It was a nice fat plus 180 underdog. Gave out Vancouver to my guys. So got to get on the podcast if you missed out on the Canucks last night. I figured they would bounce back. Anytime you get embarrassed like they did in game one, 5 nothing. Man, I always play those teams. No matter what the circumstances, I always play those teams because the favorite, in this case Vegas, has a little bit of a letdown. The underdog, in this case Vancouver, gets pissed off. They were embarrassed. They were trash. They come out and they really play, play focused in the next game. And sure enough, it was 2 nothing Vancouver five minutes into the game, and it goes to a 5-2 win. So that series is tied to the game apiece. Baseball, the big story, uh, Lucas Giolito throws the no-hitter, albeit over the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, nothing for nothing, but this Pirate team, you know, not exactly the 1927 Yankees here. You know, even though they won three games in the preseason out of 21, they're either sitting on seven or eight. I could double check here. I, I think it's seven, uh, but just it, it might be eight. Seven or eight wins in this uh, regular season. And uh, most of that came this past weekend because they blew out Milwaukee for whatever reason. So uh, otherwise, you're talking about a minor league team here. I, I mean, I wouldn't get too gaga. There have been way too many, you know, uh, no hitters. I've, I've lost the. Uh, the enthusiasm, we'll say, for someone throwing a no-hitter. It's nice. You know, it's quirky. Uh, it, it's, you know, listen, it takes a lot of talent to do. I'm not downplaying it that much, but it's, it happens all the time. You know, it, when something occurs three to five times a year, as, uh, you know, rare as that may be to some, and, and for Major League Baseball, it, it happens. You know, it, it, no big deal. I mean, the White Sox have had 19 no-hitters over their, over their franchise history albeit second most to the L.A. Dodgers. I mean, that, that's a lie. It does happen. Um, Lucas, he walked one, struck out 13. It got, you know, it gets to the point where they're, they're you know, calculating swing and misses. He had 30 swing and misses, second most in a no-hitter since 1988. I mean, it's just like, God, give me a break. You know? I don't need to know. You know, you, you want to give me how many swing and misses there were on outs? Okay, you know, strikeouts? That, that Maybe that's significant, but... Do I care if the guy swung and missed on a you know, 1-0 fastball? No, I really don't. And the fact that they have records showing that that's the most since uh, 1988. I mean, what bird brain, what nerd is you know going back and watching all these pitches that are swing and misses to no hitters that they actually have that in the computer? I mean, it is remarkable. You know, they label every single pitch now. I mean, every single. You know, we talked yesterday jokingly about Babe Ruth, right? whether he really had 714 home runs and how many RBIs he really may have had because they didn't start calculating RBIs until 1920. So, you know, think about the, the, the swing of things where they're not even counting RBIs 100 years ago. Now we're calculating swing and misses on 1-0 pitches. I mean, it's just amazing what stat you can come up with if you really want to. So he throws a no-hitter. Uh, White Sox win 4 nothing over Pittsburgh. Eric Gonzalez flies out to right field. It seemed like, you know, from the highlights I saw, there weren't really that many close hits. I mean, it, it was a dominating performance from Giolito, um, who they picked up, remember, from the Washington Nationals a few years back. So he's you know, he's finally kind of coming into his own. He was one of those guys that White Sox fans were counting on this year. Um, and kind of was with another guy that they thought, okay, you know what, if everything, if these guys finally develop into the talent that they should be, you know, this could be a playoff team, especially in 2020 when every Tom, Dick, and Harry gets into the postseason. So, you know, he's kind of paying off some of the dividends finally, finally, finally for them. 
And, uh, you know, they win uh, 4 nothing over Pittsburgh. So he throws a no-hitter. All right, that, that's good. What else do we want to talk about? Uh, that, that's really kind of it. <laughs> the Pittsburgh couldn't score. Uh, they couldn't get a hit. And uh, they're the worst team, arguably, in baseball, uh, realistically, they are. And they're, they're, there you go. I mean, it's, it's that's what I mean by no-hitters. I mean, you're, you're going to get one every month or so. There was a prop. I do remember this. There was a prop. In fact, you know what? During the next break, I'll take a look. I think I wrote most of these down. There was a prop on whether there would be a no-hitter thrown this year in Major League Baseball. And you were getting odds. In fact, I think I recommended saying yes. I, I think, and again, I'll double-check in this upcoming break here. I think it was plus 160 yes. I think you had to lay minus 2-1 to one or so if you didn't think there was going to be a no-hitter. And if you thought there was going to be a no-hitter, then it was plus, uh, like, I want to say 160, 180 in that range. So there you go. Now, now I'm sure FanDuel, I'm guessing, would put up another prop. Will there be another no-hitter? And my guess will be yes. You know, with all these kids coming up for the minors and, and uh, you know, the lack of spring training and everything else, I'm not surprised at all. Not not at all. Whether it's Pittsburgh, whether it's uh, Miami, which I know has had a halfway decent year but still can't hit their way out of a paper bag, I don't doubt for a second there'll be at least another no-hitter. So uh, big picture, White Sox get the win as they fight for a playoff spot. And uh, the minor picture, if you will, is uh, Giolito gets the no-hitter. Second most, uh, again, or, uh, yeah, second most in, in baseball history. 19 no-hitters for the Chicago White Sox. I wouldn't have guessed the White Sox. And if you said, you know, give me a list of teams that have the most no-hitters, probably would have said Dodgers with Koufax and Drysdale. Um, White Sox with the Wilbur Wood Company. I don't know if I necessarily would have put them second on the list. Phone lines are now open. Get on board. Little NBA, everything else going on in the world world of sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beans with Scott Wetzel. It's just so sad. Uh, You know... what stands out to me is um, just just watching the Republican revenge, uh, convention and this, they're spewing this fear, right? Like, all you hear is Donald Trump and all of them talking about fear. We're the ones getting killed. We're the ones getting shot. Uh, we're the ones that were denied to live in certain communities. Um, we've been hung. We've been shot. And all you do is keep hearing about fear. It's it's amazing to me why we keep loving this country and this country does not love us back. Strong work there from LA Clippers head coach Doc Rivers after uh, last night's game. I, I just uh, bagels and bad beats. Scott Wetzel sitting at 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. Follow me on Twitter at Opposite Picks. Email me. Go to the website. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. 
Listen, those are strong words. I, I, I don't know how people, though, blame Donald Trump for, uh, for what police officers are doing. I, I don't get the correlation. I don't get the correlation of, of some of these things that are being said. Uh, it's just Donald Trump with his national convention, which was planned, you know, months ago, which the Democrats had one last week, Republicans had it this week. Somehow or another, that he's responsible for what's going on in, in Wisconsin, Doc. I mean, I, I don't understand that. I, I just I don't get it. You know, you, you talk about, you know, fear, you know, blaming the Republicans. But then on the other hand, you're saying that the, the country hates you as a, as a black person. So I don't know which is worse. You, you're saying that you can't walk down the street, in essence, without worrying about being shot. That to me is you know, spreading fear. I, I, I got to tell you that, that I can't be more fearful than that. But then you want to somehow or another turn around and make it Donald Trump's fault. I, I don't I don't get it. I, I really, um, you know, so no one's no one's going to sit here and justify what happened up in Wisconsin. We don't understand the story. I don't know yet. Uh, you, you saw the video, obviously, of the poor man getting shot. I don't know what he was reaching for. I don't know why he just didn't stand there. I don't know if they said stop, stop, stop. And he ran into the car. I don't know if there was a gun in the car. I mean, who knows? Really, it's, it's funny. They all say, well, let's wait for the details to come out. But then everyone's making judgment already. So let, let's figure out what was really going on there. But from the surface, absolutely, it's, uh, you know, inexcusable and, and what happened there, obviously. But to, to blame others and, and to go to the point that Doc, yet last night, you know, and I like him, a Celtic fan, NBA head coach, great player here with the Knicks and everything. You know, I to grind with him. But it just didn't make any sense outside of his coaching abilities, which, you know, I still don't understand what he was doing at the end of game four. But that said, to blame others, it's just, you know, and then you get the Raptors and Celtics holding team meetings to discuss how they could respond to the shooting. And Raptors are talking about not even playing because the Fred Van Fleet says he's so upset about it here uh, that he feels like he should be doing more. I, listen, listen, I hate to break it to you, Fred, but, um, you know, whether you're playing basketball or not, I don't think the, the, the goofiness of what's going on up in Wisconsin is going to stop. I, I don't think the police officer is going to say, oh, wait a minute, the Raptors guard Fred Van Fleet's not playing basketball, so I better not shoot this guy. No, he, if, if this police officer is going to be an idiot, he's going to be an idiot. You know, same thing with the Detroit Lions. You know, they canceled their practice yesterday. All right. And then this is all coming from a sports fan, not, not taking any sides of the aisle. This is just as a sports fan. I understand the frustration, but the ego of these players who think that they're going to change the world if they have a practice or not is really, you know, dumbfounding to me. So the Detroit Lions canceled a practice yesterday to protest the shooting of uh, uh, Jacob Blake, right, by the police officer up in Wisconsin. Hold a little meeting. Uh, they got a couple of the players talk to the media. Uh, they have this little slogan, uh, the world can't go on. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Uh, we won't be silent. Okay. So let's just, you know, I like the, we have a saying here, just let, let the facts speak for themselves, okay? You know, forget about what I say, forget about how I feel, uh, forget about what side of the aisle, I, just lay the facts out. So the Detroit Lions are so moved by something that occurs in Wisconsin, not, not Michigan, but Wisconsin, that they are going to not hold practice because they think that's going to have an impact on what is actually going on around in our country. Hmm. Okay. So this shooting is what took them to not hold practice. Okay. So the Larry Nasser abusing little kids for 20-some years, scandal at Michigan State, did Detroit hold practices and play games? Yeah, they did. Hmm. So the Nasser thing didn't move them. The fact that the state's Department of Education fined Michigan State a record $4.5 million for, in its words, complete failure to protect students, did that move the Detroit Lions? No, it did not. Okay, so little kids, uh, you know, high schoolers, little kids in Michigan State, that they can get abused. Lions apparently have no problem with that.
Uh, how about the University of Michigan sexual abuse litigation scandal, Dr. Robert E. Anderson? Uh, did the Lions not have practice then? No, no, they, no, they practiced, Scott. They, they played. Okay, so we got abuse at Michigan State, not moving the Lions. We got abuse at Michigan, not moving the Lions. Right in their back door, that, that equals practice for Detroit. Okay. Uh, how about the Flint, Michigan water crisis? These poor families, black and white, you know, can't even drink their water. Forget about drink. They can't even, like, touch the water. The water was so filthy. Did the Detroit Lions not hold practice then, Scott? No, no. Oh, they, they practiced. Oh, okay. So the water crisis, an entire town can't touch its water. That didn't move the Detroit Lions. So, okay. Uh, well, we're talking about life and death here, though, Scott. So, you know, we're talking about people getting shot. Okay. All right. So uh, let's go. As bad as those other things are, it's not necessarily life and death. Uh, how about the fact there have been 261 murders in Detroit, in the area of Detroit anyway, already this year? 261. Did they protest any of those? No. no. They practiced. Oh, okay. So we have over 260 murders not moving to Detroit Lions. We have uh, an entire town not being able to touch its water not moving the Lions. We have sexual abuse scandals on little poor innocent kids at the University of Michigan and Michigan State, the two biggest institutions that the Michigan has not moving the Lions. But they're going to take this one incident in a, in a next-door state and blow it out of the proportion to the point of we're not going to practice because we think we're going to have some kind of impact on life. Yeah, listen, God bless you. If, if, if the Detroit Lions not practicing can change society, where do I sign? Where do I sign? But somehow or another, I don't think that's going to change things, Detroit Lions. I hate to break it to you. I wish it would. I, I wish that, you know, the Toronto Raptors and Boston Celtics can both vote and say we're not going to play our next NBA game because that's going to make life better around the country. I wish that would be the case, but you guys are kidding yourself. I, you know, the frustration can be there. We're all frustrated. We get it all. You know, <clears throat> during the podcast, and we do it here during the show as well. You know, I come up with goofy stories, um, you know, some funny, some sad, some weird, some strange, you know, guys dressed in a, in a kangaroo outfit trying to rob a 7-Eleven. I mean, just, just, you know, all kind of goofy things just to show that if you wanted to every single day find a black on white crime, you could. You could find a white on black crime, you could. You could find a black on green, black on purple, white on green. I mean, you could find anything every single day if that's the life you want to live. You you can. I mean, listen, we have 300 basically million people in our uh, in our country. You're going to get good cops. You're going to get bad cops. You you just are. Cops are not, um, you know, unfathomable. They aren't just like sports talk show hosts aren't, just like teachers aren't. How many teachers have we seen abuse kids, right? I mean, how many priests, for goodness sakes? I mean, if we can't trust a priest and I'm Catholic and I don't, you know, I mean, so what level do you have to go where you could say, all right, this should not happen. And when it does, we all should be shocked and surprised and, and outraged. For me, there is no, there is no level. I'm, I'm not surprised by anything. I'm not, you know, again, being Catholic and reading all that what's happened over the last, you know, 10, 15 years with the diocese and everything. I mean, I'm not, I don't trust anybody with my kids. And I'm not surprised about anybody or anything. But that also does not stop me from going to church, at least not as much as I should anyway. Um, you know, I mean, I, and I don't, I don't think all priests are that way. I mean, I trust them, but I, I think that, you know, I mean, you, you can't, again, if you want to find one cop who is a black cop that's committed a, a crime against a black person, you can. I mean, even the guy in Minnesota, one of the police officers were black. You know, you don't, you don't hear that but because it doesn't, you know, sell the, the scene. 
You know, you want to sell the scene. You want to talk about selling fear, Doc. That you know, that's what you're doing. You know, you want to tell the world that oh, by the way, one of those four police officers in Minnesota was actually black, and maybe it wasn't necessarily a black versus white thing. It was just a cop versus white, a black thing, or it was just a, you know, a, a, a cop versus you know, in an inner city thing. I, you know, you can find anything if you want to. You know, live that way and let that way affect your life. You can do it. You know, because there are certain crazy things that happen every single day so you know why not protest the 261 murders in detroit you know why not protest the sexual abuse stuff that happens why not protest the water stuff i mean that's only in the state of michigan and that's only within the last couple of years i mean if you're if you're not going to be satisfied with life until everything is perfect you're never going to be satisfied you're just not and i just you know i'm too old to be living my life that way. Uh, you know, I'm closer to death than I am birth. And when you reach that point, you just say, listen, sorry, uh, it, it's lousy. It's awful. Um, wouldn't want to be in that situation. I get that. But Google dopey things and you're going to get something every single day, whether it's whites, blacks, police officers, teachers, sports talk show host, every single day, you're going to get caught up into this. And you just can't let that affect your life. You just can't. I'm sorry. So go ahead. You know, you want to not play basketball. If you think that's going to change, knock yourself out. You have that right. You have that belief. But again, Fred Van Fleet getting out of basketball court or not tomorrow night against the Celtics uh, is not going to change what goes on in our society. I hate to break it to you, Fred. It's not. The Detroit Lions practicing today or tomorrow or yesterday is not going to affect what's going on over in Wisconsin. It just isn't. I wish it was that simple. I really we all wish it was that simple, but it's not. So it's unfortunate. It's lousy, but cell phones and cameras everywhere. It's exposing everybody on everything. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Wednesday morning with Scott Wetzel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. To right field, Adam Engel is there! A no-hitter! The 19th in White Sox history! White Sox Radio Network with the call on Bagels and Bad Beats on a uh, Wednesday morning, 40 minutes past the hour. Yours truly sitting and taking it right up until uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time, 844-843-6879. I wonder how many um, cycles have been hit in White Sox history. I'm betting less than 19. And I think most people, when they talk about accomplishments, I just sent out a, uh, a poll question, as we like to do every morning here on Bagels and Bad Beats. What's the most overrated sports accomplishment? And I threw in there, no hitter. Threw in rushing for a thousand yards, which used to be something in the, in the NFL, but you know since they expanded it to sixteen games, you know really you gotta you gotta rush for like sixty five yards. So it's it's really a ridiculous number, uh, and it's really more an amazement that more people don't rush for a hundred a uh, thousand yards in a season. But uh, MLB no hitter, 
NBA scoring uh, 50 points a game, NHL hat trick, and NFL rusher rushing for 1,000 yards for a season. So what's the most overrated sports accomplishment? So six no-hit, uh, six, um, uh, Chris, you're saying uh, um, cycles uh, for the Chicago White So there you go. Yeah, for the White Sox. I, I would think most people would say there would be a lot more cycles hit than uh, there are no-hitters. But I, I figured it was less. I, I bet that is, I don't know about that ratio, but I bet you most teams have more no-hitters than they have hits for, uh, hitters hitting the cycle. And you think about, I mean, listen, you have one opportunity to throw a no-hitter. You have eight or nine, depending on you want to believe it, a DH or whatever. Uh, but realistically, nine. You have nine chances every single day to hit for the cycle. And yet there are that fewer number of cycles than there are no hitters. Is that quirky? Uh, you know, the cycle, I suppose, you know, you know, getting that triple is tough for some because they're either fat or they stop at second base, even though they can get to, to third, but they don't try um, versus four home runs uh, in a game. But, you know, the no hitter, we've been there. We, we, we've done that for sure. So, but congrats to, to Lucas. It's it's a good accomplishment, albeit against the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. I'd like to know how many no hitters have been thrown against winning teams or playoff teams versus the, you know, the Miami Marlins and Pittsburgh Pirates of the world as well. So, 844 843 To the phones we go. We'll start with our good buddy, John in Manhattan. What's up, John? How are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing well, Scott. Good morning. How are you? Good. 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 Hey, uh, Scott, did you happen to notice Serena Williams tanked her match last night uh, on ES, uh, the four-letter network? I saw she lost. I saw she lost the first. At, I think she won the second and dropped the third. What makes you think she lost on purpose? Uh, well, had you seen the match, you would agree. She had. Um, she was serving for the match uh, up 5-4 in the second set. She had the match on her racket, and she – um, she didn't close it out. Then it went to a tie break. You know, first to seven wins the second set. And uh, Serena was up 4-1 in the tie break, and she choked that away. And uh, this girl, Sakari, this Greek girl, managed to uh, steal the second set. And then the third set started, and Serena lost the first game. And then that was it. She was done. I'm not going to say she walked off the court, but I almost wish she had. She... Um, that the second game of the third set, she double faulted, not once, not twice, not three times. She double faulted four times in the same wow. game, Scott, in the uh, in the third set. It was really an embarrassment. Wow. So she actually won the first set. I thought she had lost the first set. So she won the first set, blew the second, and then obviously lost the third. Wow. The only, the only thing I did. She won the first set and was... She was serving up 5-4 in the second set. All she had to do was win her service game, and she would win the win the match. And I'm going to repeat myself a little, but, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a tough tough thing for her to be down up 4-1 in the tiebreak and, and, and blow that. But just because she lost the first game in the third set doesn't mean it's over. But for her, it was over. For her to double fault four times in the same game, Scott, yeah, it was a disgrace. Right. And the announcers who I – normally carry her water they were all over i gotta give them a lot of credit they were giving her a lot of grief it was really an embarrassment scott well that's good at, at least they did that at least they did yeah i mean the same you know if, if it's four double faults in the same set okay but if you if you're what you're saying exactly it's same game you know if she gave away four points you know i'm, I'm guessing in a row uh, that that would be pretty the only thing i would tell you though john is that she has said she is willing to play in the u.s open 
So, you know, and that's right around the corner. And you get these tournaments, you know, before the Open. And a lot of the women and, and guys, for that matter, you know, they don't really, you know, they want to, they play up to a point And then it's like, okay, I'd rather not, you know, go to the finals because it's going to take too much out of me. So I'm going to give her uh, a, a little bit of a pass just because I didn't see it. I got a feeling if I did see it, uh, John, I'd be in the same, you know, boat that you're in. Uh, but the fact that she's one of the few that is willing to play in the U.S. Open, um, I'm, I'm guessing this is just one of those where she put in her practice, if you will, and wanted no part of it. Makes you wonder why she won the first round or the first set. You know, if she was going to lose on purpose, why not just go down? You know, one, two, three. You know, bing, bang, boom, versus delaying the, the the inevitable there by winning the first set. But maybe something happened. Maybe she got you know she tweaked something. But tennis is that's why you well, can't I, bet. You tennis. said she tweaked something. Yeah, Scott, she said she tweaked something. And then uh, okay. she also was complaining about the um, – she got warned on the time violation, and she's like, this isn't fair. I have to get my own towels cause, you know, because of the coronavirus. Uh-huh. And, you know, there is a countdown clock. And, you know, the other players seem to notice that there's a countdown clock. And it's just – it's a little tough to take her whining about this, like she's getting picked on. I mean, you know, think how much money she has. Her husband founded Reddit. You know, this this girl across the net, she flew in from Greece – she arguably doesn't have much of an entourage, not nearly as much dough. Who does? And for her to uh, just be whining as if, you know, the world was against her. She was huffing and puffing and rolling her eyes, and her, her tears were almost swelling up in her eyes. It was really – it was not a, really? not a pretty sight, Scott. So uh, when, you, when you get a chance, read about that, and uh, I'll catch you later. Thank you. Uh, all right, John. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. You know, she, she's gotten a little horny in her older days. You know, listen, give her all the credit in the world. That uh, she's still out there. I, I've been a Serena and being a supporter for the most part. The guerrilla tactics thing really kind of soured me, though. And some of uh, Serena's antics over the last couple of years with these tournaments, and then the you know the fighting with the umpire and not being able to talk to the coach. You know, she's she's taken a step or two down, but for the most part, I've always supported that. They've carried the torch here for women's tennis for the longest, longest time. And um, you know, the fact that she's still playing after she's married and pregnant and everything really, you know, really is terrific. But she's she's a little horny. She's she's a little you know uh, rough around the feathers. Uh, that that is for sure. Richard in West Virginia. Rich, welcome to uh, Bagels and Bad Beats, brother. What's up going on? Since you did mention you know the protest about that crime that happened, uh, the one thing I wanted to say about it, if I could just say what I saw last night on CNN that really surprised me, is they had the mother and the attorney on there for, uh, for the victim. And what it says was, when she went in to visit him, the first thing he said to her was, I'm sorry, Mom. Now, what do I make out of that? I'm sorry, Mom. Would you say that if you were the victim? It sounds to me like he might have been the instigator. He, and what I saw, I'm just saying this is what I saw. I could be wrong about it, but it's what I saw on TV when they were showing the incident, that the police had the gun, guns on him. He ran around to the side of the car to open the car door. He was looking to open the car door, and actually I think he did. They could think, and it's just me seeing this, that uh, he could have had an AK-47 hidden under the seat, that they didn't know what he was trying to do. And, I mean, I don't know if he was a victim, it's sure like he might have been the instigator by doing that because I've always been told and it happened to me when I was 
It wasn't anything like that, but I mean, I lost my keys, and the police stopped me for a rolling stop. And I got out of my car, looking on the ground to get my keys. They said, get back in the car. And I just kept looking for the keys. They told me a second time, get back in the car. I did. And if he was told to stop, and he just kept doing what, kept doing it, tried to get to that car, could have had a weapon in there. I don't know. It sounds to me like uh, he was, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And him saying, I'm sorry, Mom, it sure sounded like, to me, like he was part of the problem. He didn't why, why, do what they told him to do. Well, that's it. That, I mean, that, that that's it, Ray. I mean, you know, I don't know why guns were drawn, though, in that situation. Um, and, and, you know, unless there was a gun on the car seat, and maybe there was. You know, is that a reason though they get shot? No, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't think anyone's justifying that. You just we don't know the complete circumstances. Apparently, there's another video, so we, we have to figure it out. But ultimately, that that is rich. You know, and I I tell my kids, and my kids are as white as ghosts. Listen, you get into a confrontation, one you don't get out of your car. You should learn that. I mean, they don't like that at all, which is kind of strange, just because you would think in the car there's a lot more pockets, and then you could have guns hidden in the car. Whereas if you get out of the car, it's just you. You think they wouldn't mind that, but they do. They don't. Stay in the car. Keep your hands up. You know, you you, you got to do what the police officers want. You know, it's it starts from the lack of respect from the police officers. And, and I will say this about Doc Rivers. He mentioned it, although I don't think we played the cut. His father was a police officer, so he understands. You know, the, the importance of having police officers. So, but you you have to just realize that they are not just your average Joe Schmo citizen. They're not. They're above us. They're the police officer. So if he, even though if you're 100% in the right, and he says just sit there, then you just sit there. If he says don't move, then you don't move. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's when you get into this confrontation, like, oh, you're a police officer, I hate you, you're this, you're that, and I'm just going to do whatever the fudge I want just because, well, I'm a U.S. citizen and I can do whatever I want. Well, then that, that's what leads to, to trouble. I don't know if that's happened with this situation. I'm just talking in general. So um, I, I tell my kids, you, you get pulled over, not a big deal. You know, everyone makes, you know, you know, we'll all run red lights and don't stop on the stop on the red and all that. You just do what they ask you to do. You be cordial. You be nice. You don't fight them. Hand them your license, you know, registration. And you want to fight it with someone else, you fight it in court. You don't fight it with the police officer because that's only going to lead to trouble no matter what color or skin you have. So, but that that's not, you know, not everyone uh, adheres to that. And then they wonder why things occur. So it's, you know. Again, no one's justifying getting shot in the back six or seven times. But I, I don't know why he would have said that. Maybe he was just delusional. You know, why would he tell his lawyer, sorry, mom? So he's probably not, you know, there completely. He's, you know, thinking that the lawyer was the his mother. So, um, but I, yeah, I wouldn't use that. I appreciate the phone call. I wouldn't use that, though, as a, um, you know, whether he's guilty of doing something right or wrong, you know, type of situation. I, I would just use that as. Again, if he's saying sorry, mom, to his lawyer, he really is not all there with the, no doubt, some of the drugs and whatever that the hospital probably put him on. So I, I wouldn't use that as a justifi- justification of whether he was in the right or in the wrong. But ultimately, it's just, you know, whether, again, to me, for a sports perspective of it all, I'm not talking necessarily about what happened just from a sports perspective. I mean, Detroit Lions practicing. Uh, or even the Raptors playing or, you know, whatever. What, what would that accomplish? I don't know what that would accomplish. You know, bring more focus to the this the situation. I I, I don't believe so. I, I just don't. Um, if they're not comfortable, if they feel like they need to be out in the streets and everything, they'll knock themselves out. But I don't think that's going to change society one bit, whether the Detroit Lions practice or not. 
By the way, there was a prop. I was right about that. I thought there was. Uh, somebody throw a no-hitter fan duel before the season began. Uh, no minus 240, yes, plus 185. So if you bet the yes, plus 185, uh, cha-ching, cha-ching, you cashed in. And I bet they have another one coming up. I, I would think it would be, you know, probably minus uh, 300 now to the last game. But I, I think there's going to be at least another no-hitter. I really do. I will right, we'll go down hour number one next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. On this uh, Wednesday morning, 844-843-6879. We'll reopen up the lines uh, next hour. A couple of things here before we close up shop for hour number one of our two-hour little extravaganza. Lines are out for the afternoon games. We do have some afternoon basketball and afternoon hockey today, which is a beautiful thing. Didn't have any yesterday with just a couple of games in each sport, but we have three in each sport today. So we got a 4 o'clock Orlando-Milwaukee game. And then we get a 3 o'clock New York Islanders-Philadelphia Flyers-NHL game. The Laker line is out with uh, no um, no Russell Westbrook first up for the Houston Rockets and uh, no Damian Lillard for the Portland uh, Jailblazers uh, later in the night for uh, L.A. to take uh, on Portland. So that Laker line is now minus 14. Wow. that That is a huge jump. Now, Lakers were favored by 5.5, 6 uh, seven in, in games three, you know, and four, this is game five, no Lord. I get that. But for that to be doubled laying 14, I would not do that. I'm, I'm telling you something, maybe they end up winning, going away, but as bad as Portland has played two of the last three games, even without Lillard, I would be very surprised. And that has got sucker written all over it because the entire country is going to be saying the same thing. Okay. Portland without Lillard, they have absolutely no shot. Lakers are going to close this thing out. They're going to win by 30 points. It's going to be a blowout. And I'm telling you, you mark it down. I bet Portland covers that. I would not. If you can't pull the trigger on Portland, okay. But I would not be laying 14. I just, that, that's a big, big, big number for a playoff game with a team facing elimination. And, and it's a veteran team, Portland. I, I just think you're going to surprise the Lakers. I, I, in fact, I like Portland a lot in the first half. Maybe the Lakers' second half pull away, but. And uh, Milwaukee's a 14-point favorite over Orlando, 4 o'clock start. And then Houston's a three-point favorite over Port, uh, over OKC, despite no Westbrook again. So I don't know if he's going to end up playing in this series. That series is tied 2-2. Big game. OKC's won the last two. I guess the thinking is there's no way they're going to beat Houston three in a row. I don't know if i necessarily buy into that thinking either. All right, phone calls, email, sweets, all coming up. Hour number two. Bagels and bad beats coming up.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.